another step towards a global religion, Pope Francis has made a very big move. And on the surface, a lot of people are looking at this move as uh, yet another uh, way of glossing over the Roman Catholic Church's uh, uh, pedophile problem. But it's bigger than that. Let's take a look real quick at the story. This from the Gateway Pundit. Pope Francis places controversial Argentinian bishop as new head of discipline and doctrine. Monsignor Fernandez wrote book about the art of kissing and is accused of covering up sexual abuse allegations in his archdiocese. This is nothing new, of course, for the uh, for the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, globalist Pope Francis continues unabated in his struggle to make the church according to his very peculiar view. Now the Argentinian pontiff has selected a controversial countryman for one of the most powerful posts in the ecclesiastic hierarchy in a move that generated protest in sectors both inside and outside the church. Pope Francis on Saturday chose a bishop who is trusted who is a trusted theological advisor from his native Argentina for one of the Vatican's most powerful positions, head of the watchdog office that ensures doctrinal orthodoxy. Francis named Monsignor Victor Manuel Fernandez, the Archbishop of La Plata, Argentina, as the prefect or chief of the dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. The Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, DDF, is the successor of the Inquisition. Isn't that interesting? It's a powerful post that Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger held by two decades before he became Pope Benedict in 2005 for about five minutes. The Dicastery or Department enforces orthodoxy of Church Teaching and Disciplines Theologians Deemed to Have Strayed from Catholic Doctrine in Their Lectures or Publications, but it has taken on considerably more importance to rank and file faithful as the stain of pedophile priests spread across the globe in recent decades. Among the department's duties are evaluating and processing sex abuse allegations against clergy. Now, that is uh, just speaking about the pedophile portion of this whole thing. Um, this organization, I am quite confident, isn't so much about uh, identifying and punishing pedophilia within the priesthood as it is about identifying it, certainly, but then seeing whether or not it can be conveniently covered up so as not to incur further injury to the Roman Catholic religion. Uh, very much like an HR department for any major corporation is. I know people in HR uh, very closely, and I have been told multiple times that the HR department 
is not about um, protecting the individuals working for the company. Rather, when a, uh, uh, a, a misconduct allegation comes to them from an individual, their job is to do everything they can to minimize legal liability for the corporation. And I'm quite confident that that is what this position is for and has been for for decades um, since the, the whole scandal broke. Now, that scandal aside, this is also a big step towards the uh, Pope Francis's idea to create a one-world church. And in order for him to do that, he has very obviously globalist ideas in his head about what is right, what is wrong. Actually, he's not even interested in that. He's interested in, in expanding the church and its reach and its power. And he plans on and has planned on from the beginning changing the Roman Catholic religion into a more New Age, uh, more marketable type religion, a more globalist, one-world type of religion where... Uh, Everything is pretty much okay as long as you're okay with it and it doesn't hurt anybody else um, kind of thing. The kind of thing that I have been talking about a lot recently that the woke cult, the pride cult, uh, have been pushing this, this uh, all-accepting, all-inclusive, all-diverse Christ uh, this candy-coated counterfeit Christ that they have been pushing. That is what he's going for. And now that he has placed his buddy into that position, not only can they go ahead and, and he can start to alter the uh, Roman Catholic Church's uh, theology from his position, but his buddy can enforce it from his position so that any conservative priests, any conservative bishops, any conservative cardinals can be uh, punished and or removed from their positions uh, if they become counterproductive to what this pope wants to do. So that's what we're seeing. And unfortunately, this kind of thing as I have stated in previous posts, in previous uh, shows, is also going on in um, Protestant churches, especially like the megachurches. If, if you see a megachurch that uh, advertises that they preach a, a positive motivational message, then they're interested in nickels and noses. They want to provide a, a message, a gospel that is widely acceptable 
to a lot of people so that they can get a lot of butts in seats and they can get a lot of money in their uh, 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 boxes, in their trays, in their whatever. They, they don't actually pass the uh, dishes around anymore like they used to, I guess. Uh, and then there are the Protestant churches that teach a similar watered-down gospel with good intentions because, oh, we want more people to come to Christ, so we're going to make Christ's message more palatable. If you convert somebody based on a watered-down gospel, then that person is going to go around trying to convert people using a watered-down gospel. And when people are converted with a watered-down gospel, folks... And they find out the real message of Christ, the real gospel, a lot of times they're not going to like what they hear and they're going to walk away from the church. So you're not really converting anybody. I have the same problem with modern 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, whatever Anonymous, when they watered down their message from a Christian organization to uh, just having to accept a, uh, a higher power. And that higher power can be anything you want it to be. Well, if you're inventing your own God, then you're creating the God. You're not acknowledging the God that created you. And when you do that, when you water down that particular step, the person that is taking that particular step, that is creating his own God, his own higher power, then that person is not going to recover. It's the same thing with the watered-down gospel. That person is not saved. There are certain things in the Christian gospel in, that you have to acknowledge. You have to acknowledge that you are a sinner, if you are an alcoholic, you have to acknowledge that you are an alcoholic and that there is nothing you can do to change that. If, and and if for the gospel, you have to acknowledge that Christ is the Son of God, that he is God incarnate, that he died on the cross, that he rose again from the dead on the third day, and he did all of this to pay the price for your sin so that you could be with your creator God. Okay, that's the gospel. If you water this down, then it's not the gospel anymore. Same thing with AA, same thing with NA. If you water it down, if you just say any old higher power will do, then you're not doing that person any favors. So, that's the message as it is, folks, and that's what's happening to the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, they're going to get what they're going to get. Uh, I imagine that what's going to happen is that the Roman Catholic Church, you're going to have more people peel off from the Roman Catholic Church uh, and go wherever. Um, there's going to be some kind of split somehow, and and the more conservative 
actual Bible-believing Christian members of the Roman Catholic Church are going to leave, which is going to be just fine for Pope Francis because they're the people who are hampering his new and bright future that he sees for the Roman Catholic religion. At any rate, that's all I've got to say on this particular subject. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button down below. Share this video out there to your friends, family, or people you think it will annoy. Uh, you can catch my videos on rumble.com, bitshoot.com, and odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. And my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show, is available anywhere you can get podcasts, except for Apple, because I will not fill out their paperwork. I want to thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you all later. Well, the Supreme Court is on a roll, folks. I mean, and it is driving the left absolutely batty, and I'm enjoying every second of it. Now, we discussed uh, a couple of uh, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we discussed the, the whole thing about race and uh, uh, academics and how, um, how I personally feel that uh, at least private colleges should be allowed to use whatever, uh, uh, whatever metrics they want to to let people in, and the market will decide uh, whether or not those people graduating from those colleges are actually worth hiring. So, you know, that's the way I feel about that. Now we have uh, the Supreme Court coming out in uh, 303 Creative LLC versus uh, Elenis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, E-L-E-N-I-S, um, with regards to this uh, uh, web designer who refused to make... Uh, websites celebrating gay marriage. This is a variation on the theme of the pride cult attacking cake makers, Christian bakers. I'm assuming that they ran out of Christian bakers in Colorado to go after, but it's very clear that they are targeting Christians exclusively, exclusively, and we'll get into why that is in just a second. I want to take a look at uh, a couple of things. First off is a headline from the Gateway Pundit. Pete Buttigieg attacks Christian web designer at center of Supreme Court ruling. Now, those of you who do not know who Pete Buttigieg is, Pete Buttigieg is the secretary of transportation for the Biden regime. What, you might ask, does the Department of Transportation have to do with a Supreme Court ruling about a web designer in Colorado? The answer, at least on the surface, is nothing. However, the reason that they were CNN, in this particular case, were asking for Pete Booty Judge's input is because Pete Booty Judge is openly homosexual and a member of the Pride cult, and those two things are actually different. 
And we'll get into that too in just a second. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg attacked the Christian web designer at the center of the Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court on Friday ruled in favor of a Colorado-based Christian web designer who does not want to make pride wedding sites. Lori Smith is a graphic design artist who wanted to start creating wedding websites, but she was afraid she would be forced to make sites for same-sex couples because of Colorado's CADA law. The high court ruled 6-3 to three in favor of Lori Smith and agreed that forcing her to create wedding sites for same-sex couples would violate her First Amendment rights. The Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen, was 100% correct in this ruling. You do not have a right to force somebody else to do something against their will. That is slavery. That is the very definition of slavery, to force somebody to work for you who does not want to. Doesn't matter why. Doesn't matter why they don't want to work for you. You cannot force somebody to do something that they do not want to do. If what you want to do violates somebody else's rights, then what you want to do is not a right in and of itself. Rights do not violate other people's rights. This is basic morality, folks. It is objective, basic morality, which is why the left hates it. And I have said multiple times, and I am going to continue saying it, the Democrats in the United States, the left in the United States, have no interest in democracy. They don't care about democracy. Look, Just look at the fact that they don't even want their own voters from their own party to have a say in who is going to be president next. They're not going to allow... Uh, Biden to debate anybody. Biden is the de facto choice. There's not going to be any primary. Biden is the de facto choice. Uh, the same way that Hillary Clinton was twice chosen as the candidate, despite the fact that the majority of Democratic voters did not want her to be that candidate. So the Democrats are only interested in one thing, and that is domination and subjugation. They don't care about what you think. They don't care about what you want. This is an extension of that. This whole lawsuit is an extension of that. I want to show you some uh, just adorable little uh, quotes that I saw on Twitter uh, just a little bit here. The absolute intellectual giant Anna Navarro posted this beauty here. It says, Selling gays a cake is participating in the marriage, but selling a gun to a shooter isn't participating in a murder. 
there is a difference. As I pointed out to the intellectual giant, Miss Navarro, the difference being is that when you are asked to bake a cake for a gay wedding and you are a Christian, you are aware of the fact that doing so violates your personal religious beliefs. Whereas, if you are a gun salesman and you sell a gun to someone who later goes out and commits a crime with it, you did not know that what that individual was going to do with that gun was commit a crime. Now, if you did, then yes, you are indeed culpable when it comes to the commission of that crime. However, if you are just a regular person who sold a gun to another regular person and you had absolutely no idea or knowledge that this person was going to commit a crime with that gun, then you are not culpable. Now, Miss Navarro is either stupid or she's a liar. Either way, that particular post falls short of being a legitimate intellectual argument. Next, we have one of my favorite, least favorite people on Twitter. This fellow refers to himself as Lakota Man. And Lakota Man says, I'm going to stop treating MAGAs because the Supreme Court says I can. Now, I want you all to take a good look at this Marshall Tucker right here. I want you to take a good look at him. Memorize his face. This guy, as far as I understand it, works out of San Diego and apparently works in a hospital in some kind of capacity. Now, I don't know what capacity that is and I don't care, but if this individual has this much hate in his heart for people with whom he disagrees politically, he does not need to be working in the healthcare field. Indeed, in my opinion, my professional opinion as a healthcare worker, he cannot be trusted to treat patients equally. And I'm just, I'm putting that out there. That is my opinion. That is my firm belief. I will treat as a healthcare worker, every single individual exactly the same. I don't care who they voted for. I don't care what their religion is. I don't care if they just committed a crime. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is whether or not this person is a human being. And if the person is a human being, I am going to make sure that they get the absolute best treatment I can give them. And I will let God, the justice system, whatever forces are out there that that individual has offended, I will let those forces deal with that individual after 
I have saved their life. And this is not a brag or anything like that, folks, but I have never ever in over 20 years had anybody die on me that I was working on that wasn't supposed to. There was an organ donor. That's a different story. Those are different stories. But that guy right there, just by... He can't be trusted to take care of patients. He's already... He said it. He posted it right there on social media. He cannot be trusted. Now, if... If... This guy was a doctor and he was in private practice and he said that he would not take MAGAs as patients, I have no problem with that at all. I think that's fine. I don't have a problem at all. It's just the same as I don't have a problem with a, a, a baker, a Christian baker, not making cakes for gay weddings. I don't have a problem with this web designer not making website it's it's up to them there are a whole bunch of bakers and web designers and doctors who would be more than happy to have those individuals as customers and patients that I, so and it, there was there was another one and I can't remember who it was right offhand but somebody posted a tweet um oh this another individual who claims to be a doctor i don't know if he actually is is an individual who claims to be a doctor uh who posted something uh along the lines of uh if uh um if if homosexuals were to stop um doing services for christians then Christians would not be able to get the services of creatives like architects and web designers and so on and so forth, all, all kinds of creatives. And I pointed out to this individual that homosexuals make up 3.7% of the population of the United States. And of that 3.7%, very few of them are actually members of the pride cult. Most of your homosexuals out there have no no interest in any of this uh, activism. They just want to go, like everybody else on the face of the planet, they just want to go about their life and and do their job and live their lives and be left alone in peace. They don't push their belief system on anybody else and... And and they don't have a dog in this hunt. So now the number of individuals who are part of this activist pride cult has just shrunk enormously. Then, then, from 3.7% of the population, then I pointed out that anywhere between 65 and 75% of the United States population identify as Christian. Okay, and an additional 2% identify as Muslim, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so if you've got, let's say that all 3.7% of the homosexual population actually were activists, 
Of that, how many do you think are architects? How many do you think are web designers? How many do you think are interior designers? Granted, uh, quite a few, but the 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 number is considerably less than 3.7% of the population. Whereas if you have 75% of the population, or let's shrink it down to 65% of the population, how many of those, what percentage of those do you think are creatives? Well, obviously, an exponentially larger amount. So Christians won't have any trouble finding creatives to get services from, whatever services they need. So that's not an argument either. That's a specious argument. As a matter of fact, it's it's kind of bigoted to suggest that all homosexuals are a bunch of creatives. They're, you know, that's, that's not true either. And again, coming from my background and the, the job that uh, I am in, I have very, very many, many, many homosexual friends and uh, the vast majority of them are not involved in this kind of garbage. They don't want to be involved in this kind of garbage. But uh, they're like normal, regular people, just like everybody else. There's, there's nothing that makes them significantly different than everybody else. They just do different stuff in the bedroom. All right? And... You, you can, I can hear the, the Christian folks out there who are listening to me going, Oh, but Doc, they're, they're, not, they're not following the Genesis 1 and stuff. And that's true. That's true. But that's between them and God. That's between them and God. Well, shouldn't you be preaching to them and so on? And so on? No, no. If you'll notice, in the Bible, Jesus never chased anybody down. Paul never chased anybody down. Peter never chased anybody down. People came to them. People came to them and listened. Now, if I have my homosexual friend come to me and ask me questions, if I have any of my friends come to me and ask me questions, I'll answer their questions. If they ask for a sermon, I'll give them one. But I'm not going to go chasing them down and beating them over the head. That does not do anything. That doesn't help the situation. Now, the pride cult is finding this out. More importantly, companies that push the pride cult agenda are finding this out to the tune of more than $50 billion lost in six weeks. So you just don't get anywhere when you try to force your views on other people. You just don't. It doesn't work. Now... On to my next point. Have you noticed the juxtaposition that occurs every time something like this pops into the media? Where you have something that the pride movement does, the pride cult does, and then the counter to it is always very patriotic. The best version of this that I noted was when Bud Light realized about five minutes after it happened, that they had really seriously screwed up with Dylan Mulvaney. And so immediately they put out two or three um, videos, two or three uh, commercials that were very uh, patriotic and very American and so on and so forth. There's a reason that these two things are directly opposed. On the surface... 
The pride cult is nothing more than another arrow in the cultural Marxist quiver, the critical theory quiver used to attack the United States. And cultural Marxism and critical theory are based on the idea that there are permanently oppressed groups, and then there are groups that are permanent oppressors. Now, it's interesting that the groups that are permanent oppressors are always um, uh, Western civilization type things, and we'll get into that in a second. But the what what they tried to do, what the left in the United States tried to do, and this was decades ago, they decided that the the whole economic Marxism thing just wasn't working, and so they were going to switch to cultural Marxism. And, and in order to do that, they would have to cobble together a majority of minorities. And when I first saw this starting to happen, I was thinking to myself, that's the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. That's never going to work. It just doesn't make any sense. And now that is starting to come to fruition. But still, the target is always the United States. It's always the Constitution. It is always uh, that politically. It is, it is never, you will note, ever, ever, Muslims, ever, you will never hear the pride cult demanding rights, equal rights, in Muslim countries. You will never see them marching in Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, not even Dubai. You won't see them marching in Afghanistan for sure. You won't see them even mentioning any of these nations when it comes to pride rights, despite the fact that they can't point to one single solitary right that any of their members are missing in the United States because they aren't missing any. And because they don't want equal rights, they want more equal rights. They want special privileges, okay, like Animal Farm. They want to be more equal than everybody else in the United States. But you look at these Muslim countries, especially Iran, especially Afghanistan, and even in Iraq, and even in Saudi Arabia, where homosexuals, transsexuals, whatever sexual deviancy you want to point out, are actually being murdered under Sharia law. You'll hear these pride cultists rail against the Constitution of the United States, but you will never once hear them mention or rail against Sharia law. There's a reason for that. And the reason for that is they want to end the United States. Again, this is not about equal rights. This is not about democracy. It is about subjugation. Now, the deeper reason despite what everybody says, despite what not everybody says, despite what secular people say, 
Despite what secularists say, humanists, new atheists, despite what they say, yes, Western civilization is founded on Christian principles. Western civilization and the United States itself specifically was founded on Christian principles. Well, not all of the founding fathers were Christians. No, but the vast majority of them were. Well, some of them were deists, yeah, but the majority of them were Christians. You can go back and you can read their writings, and you will see that that is the case. Okay? There was one or two deists, and then everybody else was Christian. It's a fact. Doesn't matter. Now, did they incorporate... uh, separation between church and state? No, not really. Not the way that atheists would have us believe. But did they indicate that the state cannot create a state religion, a federal religion? Yes, they did do that. Okay, well, that's a secular thing. No, it's not. You go to 1 Samuel, or maybe it's 2 Samuel, but you go to the Bible in the book of Samuel, uh, either 1 or 2 Samuel, it very clearly states that that was founded by God himself, For the Hebrew people, he created a separate kingship, a secular kingship, that was supposed to be completely separate from the priesthood. And when the very first king of Israel violated that separation, he was taken home by God. So, no, separation of church and state, it's in the Bible, book of Samuel, look it up. It's there way before even our founding fathers. But either way, so there is not a Christian state religion. That is true. That's a fact. That does not mean that the United States is not a Christian nation. And Christianity is the prime target of these assaults. Reason being is because if you can, which is what they want to do here, they are using the pride cult to silence, subjugate, and eventually destroy Christianity. That's their goal. Silence, subjugate, and destroy Christianity. Because if you can do that, then you can create a state religion that is a secular state religion where the state becomes God. Then the state can define what is right and what is wrong. And for those people who have a religious bent, you can create a fake religion for them to follow that follows the state guidelines like China has done. And like, unfortunately, the current Pope in Rome is trying to do. Trying to create a one-world, all-inclusive, diverse religion that accepts all except for Christians. But Christianity is always the target. Always. You don't even see, like I said, you don't see him going after Muslims in the United States. Now, granted, there was a recent dust-up, and there is currently a dust-up going on in, I believe it's Michigan, um, between a 
now majority Muslim city council and the pride community in that city. And this is another reason why cobbling together a majority of minorities doesn't work because eventually one of those minorities will achieve political power. And when that happens, they are no longer an oppressed minority. They become a, an oppressor. I'm not saying that that's the case of the city council. I'm saying that's how cultural Marxists view whoever is in charge if it ain't them. And these Muslims are following their religious tenets, and they are making it illegal to fly uh, pride paraphernalia in city uh, or on city property. And that's all. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what they voted for. That's what their, their people voted for in that city, and that's what they're doing. So democracy in action, but the Democrats hate democracy when it works against them. So that's my take on this whole Supreme Court thing with the uh, Christian web designer and cake makers and, and, and all of that stuff. Uh, as you will see, it is consistent with my take on the college uh, situation as well. At any rate, if you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button down there below. If you think that you have friends or family who will enjoy this message, then by all means, share it to them. Please share it to them. And if you have friends and family you think it will annoy, by all means, share it with them. You can find my videos on bitshoot.com, rumble.com, and odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com, and my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show, is available anywhere you can get podcasts except for Apple. I want to thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you all later.